We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Well, where should we start this one? Another loss for the Wolves. The Timberwolves fall at home to the Los Angeles Clippers, 104 to 84. That's the Wolves' fourth straight loss. And all four of those have come at home. And I don't really know where to start this one, so I'm going to go in a weird direction. And this might get half of you to turn this off right away, but I'm going to start by saying. I think this team really needs D'Angelo Russell. That's actually what Anthony Edwards was just saying in his post-game press conference, and I was kind of thinking about the idea as I was walking home. I know I know a lot of people are frustrated with D'Angelo's start to the season. Obviously, he shot under 30% from deep and barely over 40% from two, and his defense is obviously never a strength. And I'm not even trying to say, like, big picture here, like D'Angelo's the, the savior or the reason the big three of D'Angelo, Cat, and Nand are going to work, like, does the next good Timberwolves team have D'Angelo Russell on it? I don't know. But what I do think is clear is that this Wolves team, as it's currently constructed, it needs D'Angelo Russell. I mean, if you think if you think about it from a roster construction sense, like how the roster has been built, obviously this team needs D'Angelo Russell. Gerson Russell has put the team together, and he's the biggest D'Angelo Russell believer there is. He built the roster in the image of a D'Lo-led operation. And what these two games against the against the Clippers showed us is that you can almost completely remove Cat's impact of this offense if you double team him early and often the way the Clippers did. And the reason, you know, Ty Lu could afford to be that bold with the way he guarded Cat is that Cat's teammates couldn't they couldn't punish the Clippers. They couldn't punish what they were trying they were taking away what they were giving when they were trying to take away Cat. I mean, it honestly, if you go back and like watch Cat's post-ups over these two games and the Wolves tried to get him the ball. It looked like the kid in sixth grade traveling basketball like the one kid who would hit puberty and everyone, all the three, five foot six kids are trying to just guard him. Like, just double team him, triple team him. Don't let the big kid get the ball. I mean, that was, that's been the Clippers offense, defense these past two games and it worked. I mean, not the solution when Cats being guarded like this should be punishing that aggression. You know, the easy thing to say is cat pass out of the double team. Someone has to be open, right? So that someone then needs to swing, swing, knock down the shot. But it's not just about having four shooters around cat. Like, yeah, that's going to help. 
I mean, Finch tried to do that tonight, right? Surround Cat with shooters. He started Torian Prince at power forward for the first time this year. So it was Pat, Bev, Ant, McDaniels, Prince. I mean, that's kind of as much, almost as much shooting as you can put the, put around Cat. He also leaned more into Malik Beasley as the sixth man than he has all season. I mean, Beasley played 20 first half minutes. We saw like shooters alone aren't enough. You need players who can both shoot or attack off of those swings. And outside of Anthony Edwards, like D'Angelo Russell is the only player on this team who can both shoot and create off the catch. I know some of you are thinking to yourself like, but Dilo can't do that. He's only shooting 29% from three and he's turning the ball over a ton. Like true, this season he is. Dilo's shooting a career low from deep and turning the ball over at a career high clip. But it's eight games into the season. That is not representative of who D'Angelo Russell is. I mean, it's been five and a half games for D'Lo. He hasn't played the last 10 quarters. Like, for his career, yes, D'Angelo Russell is not a beacon of efficient basketball. But at the same time, for his career, at a very high volume, you know, he's right around league average three-point shooting percentage. And for his career, he's turned the ball over much at a much lower rate than he has been this season. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with Anthony Edwards, who said in the post game, like, this team is missing their starting point guard because this team was built around their starting point guard. Their starting point guard is imperfect himself, but he's a point guard who would have forced the Clippers to guard Cat differently. That's just a fact. And here's Ant describing it after the game. Uh, Coach was talking a lot about the lack of movement on offense. Um, did it feel kind of stagnant out there? And when, if that's the case, how do you guys try to breathe a little bit more air into the offense? Uh, I feel like, we generate our offense from our defense. So if we not get stops, then we in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like our offense in half court is very low, like compared to the league. So if we not get stops, it gets hard in half court because, I mean, we just be out there, like, no ball movement. So is that, do you think, then a priority going forward to try and clean up your half court offense a little bit um, so you don't have to rely on just turnovers to get you going? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, hopefully next game we have these little back. You know what I'm saying? So be more uh, better shooters out there. You know what I'm saying? Can't double as much cat as much. Or if they do, they look gonna get them out of for sure. If you can shoot it. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, we ain't got our start point for the rest. So I don't know. Now I think Ant is right that Dilo would help and should help going forward, but no Dilo in this game is not not having Dilo is not a justification for ever whatever just happened out there. I mean, 84 total points scored is ridiculous. I mean, the team's half-court offense was just awful. The Wolves made nine total shots in the second half. Nine shots in 24 minutes. That's insanely bad. The Wolves are generating 0.821 points per play in the half-court this season. Now you go, well, what does that even mean? Well, the only team with the worst offense in half-court possessions, non-fast-break possessions, the only team worse is the Detroit Pistons. Pistons. The five worst half-court offenses are, listen to these teams, five worst half-court offenses are Detroit, New Orleans, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Minnesota. There is no reason why the Wolves, with the talent that they have offensively on this team, should be in that group of teams in any offensive stat. I mean, what what in the world do you have Carl Anthony Towns? So the question is, like, why is this happening? Here's Chris Finch explaining it after the game. What do you think you're seeing the same offensive issues game after game in terms of the ball movement? Yeah, I just think um, guys are just trying to do it after one pass all by themselves. 
how do you coach it out of them? Yeah, I mean, we move the ball in practice. We do all the right things in practice. And uh, when the lights come on and then I start counting stats, then things uh, get, you know, get, get sticky. It's like, that especially happens like the first time something goes wrong. Um, I, you know, it, 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 you know, sometimes like it might be that sometimes it's like we're in a groove and, and we're playing well, but you know, certain guys not involved, certain guys are not involved in that. And then they want to kind of get, you know, join the party and you know, kind of a, feels like a record scratch. You know? For the three point percentage, it's, it's not that far below what I think it ended maybe 34, 35%, but it is 30 plus misses. When the volume is that high, do you feel like you're feeling the lack of shooting a little bit more, even if the overall percentage isn't that much further? Well, much lower the, vol the, the volume's high because, you know, we have guys, you know, taking far too many of them. Yeah. Um, Anthony's got to get to the rim more, you know. Um, you know, Pease, I thought, generally gets pretty good looks, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we gotta, we gotta get, uh, gotta redistribute our, our, our shot selection. We gotta get more to the rim. We do that in transition. We do that by playing quicker. We can do that by playing with more thrust. And, um, and then we gotta also just, you know, continue to move the ball for better quality threes for others, you know. In the half court, how do you best find that? Is that running? making rolls more? Is that, is it more play sets? Is it just looking for more flow? It's just more flow. Honestly, it's more flow. I mean, um, you know, we can, you know, when, when they're going to double cat all the time, like, yeah, we can create some shots out of it. And we did that for a little bit in their quarter, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, it, it you know, it doesn't feel like there's a great rhythm out there and that's only going to come, you know, when we, when we get back to playing with, you know, more, more speed, more more early pass, pass, more early, you know, kind of structure. We have all that in. We just aren't doing it right now. See, the conundrum the Wolves are hitting here is not only that Anthony Edwards needs to drive more, but that he's their only option on the roster right now. Who can put his head down to do it, to drive? If you look at Ant's shot selection distribution, yes, it's... It's not what you want. He's shooting from the same spots at the same frequency he was last year. Last season, he took 39% of his shots at the rim. This season, he's taken 40% of his shots at the rim. Last season, he took 21% of his shots from the mid-range. This season, he's taken 20% of his shots from the mid-range. And last season, he took 40% of his shots from three. And this season, he's taken 40% of his shots from three. His natural inclination is not to attack the rim, even if that is his natural ability. You know, even getting to 40% of his shots being at the rim has clearly come at the nudging of the coaching staff, whether that was Saunders last year, Finch last year, Finch and crew this year. Like He is being pushed into going to the rim more, but it's right now not his natural inclination. But that's not the whole problem. That Part of the issue, too, is that the Wolves don't have other guys who can get to the rim outside of Ant. I mean, Ant might be the only player on the team whose natural abilities allow him even to get to the rim if he tries. D'Lo, Beasley, Beverly, Prince, McDaniels. I mean, who on the roster who plays the guard or the wing position has the skill set to put their head down and get there? I mean, Ant needs to get there more, like, for sure. And I think he knows that. I think he's getting convinced, but it's tough 
when he's the only option out there to do so. He talked about that after the game. Driving to the basket, and I mean, there's so much contact on there. How much, how much more like effort does it does it require for you to make the decision to like be going to the basket where you know you're going to get hit versus being able to take like the step back jumper or pulling for a jump shot? Man, I don't know. I, when I'm going to the rim, I'm really I'm going to finish because nine times out of ten, I know I'm not getting fouled called. So, yeah, I don't even look for the foul no more. Like, but if it's obvious, I try to be like, yo, that's the foul. They might say. Um, where did he hit you? I just feel kind of cool. But, I mean, I, I got to get there a little bit more, but it's hard not getting calls. Keep going, keep going, but I got I to gotta keep going. You do go five straight possessions, I guess. Like, how, how tiring is that? It's not tiring. It's just it's tiring when you when you get fouled. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, that's tiring, yeah. You feel pressure of, like, if you're not going to the rim, you kind of are the guy on this team who goes. Everybody else going, yeah. Right? I mean, like that's a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, yeah, like if I ain't going, then everybody, all the coaches looking at me like, <laughs> go to the rim. I'm like, I'm the only one going to the rim. Sometimes, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I, don't, I get it, man. I, I have fun with it. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just try to have fun, bro. Now, th- again, this is another roster conundrum. Another spot the Wolves don't have enough. I mean, we've been laser focused over this first couple of weeks about how poor the Wolves shooting has been. Like the Wolves need four shooters around Cat when he's getting doubled. Like, true. But they can't, the roster can't afford to put four shooters around Cat. But they're not capable of putting four shooters around Cat and also having someone out there who can guard Paul George. So that's a conundrum. And then we're feeling this same, the teams need to adjust its shot selection, get to the rim more. But they don't have the roster to be able to do that. They don't have guys who can put their head down and get downhill. It's just weird how I, I mean I do think the Wolves roster like feels deep. We talk about, oh, you know, eleven guy rotation, other guys maybe who need to get in the mix, this and that. Well, the Wolves roster feels deep, but it also feels like they don't have enough players, enough options. And really, I mean, I think that is just an incrimination of this roster's imbalance. And that imbalance is clearly costing them these games. All right. We're going to take a quick break here and then come back and talk a few other specifics from this game. What what changed in this game and what kind of signs we have, you know, leading forward into what's to come before the Wolves go on a four-game road trip. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back talking Timberwolves 104, or <laughs> Timberwolves 84, Clippers 104 on Friday night, the Wolves' fourth straight home loss. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to dig a little more into how it seems that Chris Finch is digging for offense with this team. As I mentioned, we had a new starting lineup on Friday night. Torian Prince was the third different power forward for the Wolves this season, starting power forward. I think we've had four Josh Akogi starting games, three Jared Vanderbilt starting games, and then this was Torian Prince's first start. And I mean, it's pretty clearly Finch grasping for offensive straws. As we talked about on the episode after last game, like the Clippers dared Josh Okoge or Jared Vanderbilt to beat him. They put Nicholas Batum on Cat, and they had Evita Zubats like pretend to guard Okoge or Vanderbilt, but really Zubats was just lurking in the lane waiting to double Cat. So the idea from Finch was that starting Prince would force the Clippers to actually guard all five Wolves players. I mean, it's pretty much that simple. So Prince starts, and because of that, the Clippers actually started the game in a 2-3 zone. And to the Wolves' credit, like they hit two early threes right away, broke the zone. Clippers got out of it. And because Prince was more of a threat on the perimeter than a Kogi or Vanderbilt was, they actually put Batum on Prince and let Zubats guard Cat. Again, to the Wolves' credit, you know, they run two pick and pops with Cat. He hits them while Zubats is guarding him. So Ty Blue decides to, you know, call timeout, change it up, puts Batum back on Cat, and he has Zubats guard Prince. And that went well for the Wolves, too. Prince caught it on a swing and he blew by Zubats for a bucket. Boom. Wolves are up 18 to 5. That starting group, which we hadn't seen in the starting lineup, we barely even, we'd only seen for three minutes the entire season Cat, Prince, McDaniels. Edwards and Beverly all play together three minutes in the first seven games. And it looks it looked kind of great to start the game. I mean, you you watched. It looked like it might it might be the answer. It might be the spacing that this team needs. The problem was it didn't last long. It only looked like the answer for the six, first six, seven minutes of the game. You know, Prince eventually subbed out and Vanderbilt was in at power four. Josh Kogi didn't play. They won't so I mean they were trying Finch was trying to limit it limit those times, but, you know, when Vanderbilt was out there, the Clippers went right back to not guarding him. That led to cat double teams in the post, and the Wolves' offense stalled there at the end of the first quarter. Once Prince got back later in the second quarter, you know, he thought they were going to be able to get back into that rhythm, that ball movement, that spacing around the perimeter, but they couldn't get into rhythm, and the Clippers had found their defensive rhythm. But Tumon Cat was, was not just, you know, surviving, it was kind of thriving. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But can't say Prince is the answer. I mean, I think the better question is now, with D'Lo looking like he's going to be back, like what should be, who should be the starting power forward in the context of a starting lineup that includes D'Angelo Russell? We know D'Lo is going to go back to starting, but who's going to be the, who's going to be the guy? Kogi Vanderbilt, Prince, someone else? And I thought this was an interesting question brought up in the post game, but like, is it bad if it changes all the time? Is that hard on the players? I thought Torian Prince answered it well. 
and really kind of brushed it off like no like we're we're ready to switch this up here's prince's answer when he was asked kind of about this power forward carousel touring that fourth spot in the starting lineup being so fluid is that like a motivating factor for someone like yourself who's in the mix for that is it something that maybe is hard to get in a rhythm with like what's kind of you and the other guys approach to that concept to the four position yeah be like you guys do start tonight someone else might start there the next game it seems like it's been a fluid spot on the lineup so far this year yeah, who, who gives a damn, man? And, I mean, we're all going to play. Uh, we all can't play. Um, I think the the more the egos are out the window, the better this this team can be. Um, I mean, there's been guys right to play the whole second half. There's been guys right to play the whole – to start the first quarter. Um, that's different for me. Um, it's been like that's my rookie year, but at the same time, I have the priority of winning. So you got guys that you know can go uh, just as much as you can go. I mean, who are you to to kind of get mad at that? I mean, we're human and competitors, but at the same time, we have to keep, keep focus on it. I do get the sense that whether it be a Kogi or Vanderbilt or Prince, like all the guys understand that, you know, none of them is the clear-cut best option at that four spot. They all bring different and incomplete things. But I guess I wonder, what is the best option? Particularly now, like what's the best option with D'Lo being back? I mean, those of you who have been listening since the preseason know that I've been someone who's had as many concerns as anyone about the Wolves' four spot being a problem in terms of size. So it seems kind of weird that I'm about to kind of backpedal off this. I mean, we knew the power forward position was going to be a rock and a hard place. Like, you wanted to start Vanderbilt for the size, but you'd also like to start Beasley because he's one of the best players on the, like obviously just an overall better player than Vanderbilt is. He just didn't really seem to fit in there. The starting Beasley part was concerning from a defensive standpoint because it would then slide McDaniels up out of the small forward position into the power forward position. And, you know, I'm, I'm here making the case that I think it should be Beasley going forward and it should be McDaniels at the power forward spot, but I'm, not going to lie, I still think it's concerning. I'd be concerned about rebounding if McDaniels were to be the starting four and Beasley were to be the now starting on the wing. But again, this is rocking a hard place thing. This is an imbalanced roster that looks broken. So I'm growing increasingly open-minded to playing the best offensive option. That's Malik Beasley. At the end of the day, I mean, right now on this team, offense is a bigger concern than defense is. I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, I don't know what your eye test is saying, but the numbers are meeting my eye test. The Wolves rank 26th on offense right now and 7th on defense. I think, as crazy as it sounds, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are in a place to sacrifice a little bit of defense to get Malik Beasley more minutes to benefit the offense. Beasley played a ton tonight, 36 minutes, and I'm going to make him the forgotten star. Forgotten Star Brewery's Forgotten Star of the game. Beasley had 18 points tonight, all on six made threes. He missed nine threes too, which felt like a lot, but, you know, six of 15, that's still 40%. A concern I just have is that Finch might go in the opposite direction of what I'm suggesting here. He might go back to limiting Beasley's minutes when Delo's back. And I just I just don't think he has to. I, I think you got to try playing them more together. And I'd go as far as starting Beasley. You know, over these last three games that D'Lo has missed, if you include that Orlando game where D'Lo missed the second half, in those three games, Beasley's averaging 32 minutes per game. 
prior to that, when Dilo was playing his full complement of minutes in those first five games, Beasley was only playing 22 minutes per game. I think the Wolves' offense just needs Beasley's Beasley's offense is shooting. Which, I think that shooting is just going to continue to come around more as time goes on. I mean, I asked I asked Malik in the hallway tonight just about how he was like, man, you played 20 minutes in the first half. Like, how are your legs? 36 minutes overall. And he said, that this is what I want to be playing. You know, he acknowledged. I was like, he, he wasn't there earlier in the year. Like, it's no secret he wasn't in great shape coming into the season. But he said to me tonight, he's like, I'm back. Now, I don't know. Is he all the way, all the way back to where he was last year? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe not. But I think what we saw tonight suggests he's close. And what we've seen over these past few games is that the Wolves need it. Malik Beasley is critical to this team. Like, when they start having problems, I'm not saying Malik Beasley is the solution, but it's it's helping. I don't know, if it were me, I'd try the small baller starting lineup thing and start Beasley, slide McDaniels up to the four. You know, it's going to have its boards too. Or you know what? And I mean, this isn't even in my notes, but like, does McDaniels have to start? Like, why can't Beasley? I mean, McDaniels so far this season has 31 points and 31 fouls. Like, McDaniels isn't happening right now. Like, maybe Beasley starts and then you start Vanderbilt at the four. I just, it's, I think it's going to be a mistake if Malik Beasley's back down to playing 22 minutes a game. We're still in a rock and a hard place, and I think, I just think having Beasley out there is the best, the best hard place to be in. Again, 18 points for Beasley tonight on six main threes. He's our forgotten star of the game. If you're looking for a brewery this weekend, check out Forgotten Star in Fridley, Minnesota. $1 off beers if you mention the podcast. So there you go. Don't say I never gave you anything. I also, look at this transition. I also gave you three winning prize picks tonight on the over-unders. Three of the four correct. The only one I missed was Anthony Edwards not going over on five and a half rebounds. Of course, as soon as I start picking this one, Ant stops getting six rebounds a game. Uh, he only had one rebound tonight. What I did get right was under 24 and a half points for Cat. That felt like a gimme with the way we knew the Clippers were going to guard him. So I hit that one. Uh, I also hit over on six and a half rebounds for Avica Zubats. I mean, I'm going to just be taking the opposing center anytime the rebounding total is that low. Zubats had 14 rebounds tonight. I also got the over on five 5.0 assists for Paul George. George definitely had a quieter night. I actually thought the Wolves did a pretty good job on them on him tonight. They made it a lot tougher on his catches further away from the basket. The Wolves play pick and rolls against him a little bit differently. So George had 18 points tonight rather than 32 in the previous game. Um, but PG was still able to dish out six assists. So he hit the over there. So that was that three and one tonight brings me up to 16, 14 and one on the season on these picks. I'm getting back over 500, a little bit of a heater, maybe getting a feel for this game. I don't know if you if you want to play the game, if you want to play prize picks with us during these Wolves games, it's easy. Obviously, I'm going to keep bugging you about it. Pick a few over-unders for the game. Play a little Daily Fantasy. If you haven't signed up yet and want to, just download the Prize Picks app. There's a place right away when you create an account. Put in the promo code Dane, Dane, my name, D-A-N-E, for a $100 sign-up bonus. All right, I know this is where I normally give you a preview of the Wolves' next opponent, but I have not gotten the chance yet to watch the, Griv- the Grizzlies play. Um, it's been a... Busy week, a lot of games at Target Center. I'll be watching 
a few Grizzlies games this weekend, but I don't uh, I don't have a great feel for where they're at right now, how the Wolves might stack up. Um, you know, as we've been talking about, this is going to be a tough stretch for the Wolves. They're on the road for the next four games, starting in Memphis on Monday, and they're not back home until I'm recording this Friday night. So was that 10, nine days, 10 days till next Monday when Phoenix is back in town? I don't know. This road trip's going to, like, Wolves are three and five, four straight losses, not in a great spot. This road trip's going to, I don't we're going to, we're going to see it, as they say, what this Wolves team is made of. I'll be back to talk to you about whatever happens on Monday after that game against the Grizzlies. Until then, hope you enjoy your weekend. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.